This film was approved under the motion picture code of self-regulation. And now... We're thinking in terms of a film. The question is... What are we trying to do with this movie? By George. That is a good question. Is everybody happy? Let's go! Hi, and uh, welcome to Film Frown, the show where your audio source decides to reboot itself when you want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> that was random. Um, hi, my name is Chris, and I'm adorned in my golden silk robe as we do the show. Um, <laughs> and the... Uh, the uh, Beta to my alpha is my friend Paul. Hello. (laughs) Alpha will be dead soon. Or so I hear. (laughs) (laughs) And we also have with us, um, well, he's the the man with a shark fin for a hat. He's uh, the Mad Max of the information highway. It's Mr. Jacob Cook. Hello, sir. Hello, hello. (laughs) And I... Well, I definitely owe Paul an apology because we seem to be watching a lot of parodies, although (laughs) I really question whether this one is a parody because it doesn't really list it anywhere as a parody. But uh, wow, that was loud. Hey, sweet. I'm not sure who that was or what that was. That was that was my audio device rebooting. Oh, okay. And it makes that noise. Because it does not like me. Cook, cook. <laughs> I, I, I had a, I had a clip of the film um, queued up to play some audio for you and the listeners, <laughs> which was like the whole movie for me. Um, but yes, my phone, who I was, who yes, my phone is a who, uh, which I was using as a device to feed some audio decided i'm going to reboot right when paul said we're live (laughs) so the lesson is never trust your phone that's a good good, probably just a good lesson in general (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah when your assistant on your phone says something don't trust it yeah um so one of the things that would also be helpful is as soon as Paul said we're live, I was like, I'm ready. And then I realized the one thing I forgot was my notes. Um, but what I really wanted to know since this film was a terrible, um, <laughs> I, I thought I've had this question for a while in my uh, mind for, hey, this is a good question for people to get to know our guests or first-time listeners, how we feel about films in general. So I'm curious uh, if, uh, Jacob, what do you think is in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? <laughs> that is that is a very good question. Um, I feel like this is kind of a Rorschach test in the, in the 20th slash 21st century. <laughs> this kind of question <clears throat> uh, I'm not entirely sure but uh, probably um, the, the the votes that allowed Donald Trump to become president <laughs> oh 
Nice. Nice. <laughs> and and Paul, what what do you think is in there? A Royale with cheese. It's <laughs> <is> my assumption. <laughs> that actually works. That actually works for both of you cuz cuz my my take is that uh it's like the um it's not what you want, but it's what you need. It's like fulfillment. That's what I think is in the briefcase, mm. and which is why everyone wants it. So you've you gotten, go. yeah, you've gotten what you wanted. You want to know how Trump won the election. <laughs> and, and Paul is hangry right now. He's just I hangry. am. <laughs> kind of always, actually. <laughs> Something happened to my metabolism. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what. <laughs> so... For the for the show, we watched a movie from 1967 called Operation Kid Brother or OK Connery. No one really knows what the true name of the film is because that's how goddamn awful it is. <laughs> um, All right, if you it, can establish a good canon for the name of the movie, then you know <laughs> that the rest is going to just follow very well. It's a film so poorly translated that they forgot to translate a scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's like an operation about to happen and i'm like wait why did the language suddenly change the the thing yeah. is so i think the i think the main character's superpower and he has many <laughs> many superpowers throughout the movie really but i think his critical superpower is knowing what the hell is going on um and he derives this superpower I think from being able to read the lips of what people are saying and know what they actually said. <laughs> That's my, this is my theory about the whole movie, really. That's what it takes to be able to watch this movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, there are many things about this movie I couldn't figure out. One was who the bad guy actually was, which is kind of consistent, I think, across these spy movie parodies, is that the bad guy is so poorly motivated. I'm not certain he is the bad guy and the good guy is so poorly motivated and kills a lot more people. And so I'm sort of thinking he's not really the good guy either. Um, anyway, I just kind of dove right in and started critiquing. No, no. I mean, it's, it's such a curiosity. I mean, the movie itself would be 20 minutes shorter if they cut out all the close up of eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i close up the movie yeah um right but it's also There's really only five minutes less eyes than lord of the rings it's also very strange that it actually has other bond people in it like money penny and yeah. blofeld and largo and m and <laughs> Strangely enough, the Japanese woman that's uh, pursued in the film, she is like one of the bath girls from You Only Live Twice, which Paul and I have watched already. <laughs> like, so I was like, wow. And I, I read on um, I read on Wikipedia that uh, the actress, Canadian, crazy enough, uh, who plays Moneypenny in most of the Bond films... Um, said she made more money on this film than she did with all the other Bond films put together. <laughs> you have to have some kind of motivation. In, if, if it's not the interesting part, it's it's got to be the financial aspect. And I'm so, I'm so, like, curious, like, really, it doesn't, it says, like, in um, Wikipedia, 
it says that this is a spaghetti spy film. In other words, like referring to the fact that it was made in Italy, but it, it doesn't really ever say that it's a direct spoof. And so I'm concerned. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> am I supposed to take this seriously? Like the last movie we watched was uh, <laughs> both uh, their guest Arden and Paul were like, what the hell is going on? And I knew that like a two foot nine inch uh, secret agent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was most likely a parody. Yeah. But this film, like I started to feel what you guys were feeling. I'm like, am I supposed to laugh? Because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it made me feel kind of sad because like um, I've seen a couple of like uh, Italian funny movies like the sex comedies because I'm pervert and um, <laughs> and most of those have this guy named Alvaro Vitali in them and he he's like complete anime face like he's like the Italian Jerry Lewis so like they know how to do comedy <laughs> so I'm like what's going on here uh, That's a really good point, though, because the last film that I watched with you, which was Our Man Flint, uh, there were parts <laughs> of that were, that were clearly a parody. If the whole film wasn't supposed to be considered that way, there were definitely parts of it that were supposed to be. Um, but this one, I really didn't have that same feeling. Like, I got the impression that it tried really hard, um, and it wasn't exactly like a problem with the budget or anything like that, but just for some reason, like I don't understand why they made this movie. Not why they made it in the sense that, okay, is it a parody, is it not? But like, why does it exist just in general? I, I didn't really understand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some bad dialogue. I mean, I can sum up the movie in that scene if it, if it actually works, because, uh, you know, now that my mm -hmm. phone is working. <laughs> but... Oh, no, yeah, I'd have no volume now. Good. You're tired. You want to rest. That's right. Relax. You have nothing to fear. Good. Relax. That's right. You're going to sleep. Deep, deep sleep. Relax. Yeah, that's what the movie did to me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, and now I'm worried that I might be a sleeper agent. <laughs> <laughs> I've just woken you. Um, <laughs> right, right. Because I definitely was a sleeper. I'm just not sure about the agent part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was the first film for me. Like, a couple times Paul has mentioned on our little film adventures, like, you know what, I... Uh, I almost turned this movie off. It was so bad. And this was the first one for me where I was like, can I just maybe hit fast forward right now? <laughs> yeah, I, it, it felt like it was, I mean, it's, it's an hour 40 long, so it's yeah. not like it goes on too long. Um, and it, it also felt like it was paced all right to me, but because I was, I was lost in I was lost in what was happening. I really wasn't sure what the actual threat was. What why is he's been drafted as a spy? I don't understand why he's been drafted as a spy really except for the fact that he's Sean Connery's brother. Um and that doesn't necessarily ring any bells. 
and he's a doctor of hypnosis, which I guess is a thing in the 60s. <laughs> Definitely something that they're worried about is mind control. Um, so the CIA to thank for that. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And yeah, there's some uh, there's some kind of uh, nuclear um, nuclear thing. The atomic nucleus, I think, is what they say, which is a hilariously bad pseudoscience uh, word. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't really understand. I didn't have any investment in the character, in the main character. I probably had more investment in the bad guy because the bad guy seemed like he was also competing with the other bad guys. And I kind of wanted to see him come out on top. Um, (laughs) but then there wasn't enough of him. It was just way too much of Neil Connery staring at people with his hands steepled. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. And... It's Tibetan no, hypnosis, okay? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's an ancient Tibetan tactic. <laughs> yeah, right. They didn't, right. They didn't have pocket watches then, so they couldn't just swing that in front of you, so they had to do the steeple hands. Wait a minute. Calgon, <laughs> ancient Tibetan secret. Oh, oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the movie really gets you into it with the eight minutes in the beginning where there's absolutely no talking like a Terrence Mann film. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what they were trying to go for as well. Yes, yes. It it was like, I was like, okay, yeah, dialogue replacement is expensive. So let's just use music. Yeah. Um, And... uh, and I, I like this film because it's all about the hench women. It's like, you know what? You've got a Bond girl. We've got every bad person is a woman except for one. How you like that? <laughs> it's very progressive. And, and the, the villain guy, um, you know, uh, the beta guy, he, he's like so lecherous too. I mean, that that was so such a weird thing in the beginning of the film where like they blow up this guy's airplane and money penny standing there and she like that's the first like thing in the film she's like (gasps) you know and then they cut to the villain who just blew it up and he just like starts rubbing the tummy of one of his ladies and making (laughs) out with her and then they cut from that back to the exploded plane and her yelling for help and i was like whoa like that was quite a juxtaposition there. Like, I'm like, did a pyromaniac make this film? Like, oh yeah, this can get you hot, buddy. Uh, That's right. <laughs> well, I knew the rest of this film was going to go well when I saw the vehicle enter into an impact with the plane. The exact second one piece of metal touched another, everything just blew up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, Tina and I had a good laugh about that as well. It's a it's a little known fact that back in the sixties, uh, the gasoline was kept in the prop of the planes, <laughs> <laughs> and right um, under the hood of the car. <laughs> yes, the battery was in the back, but the gas was under the hood. Yeah. Uh, I, and then um, I guess, well, yeah, we did this before. Uh, I'm not doing like a synopsis, but. Uh, the, my next note in the film was that I love that the when we finally meet Neil Connery, uh, this guy says something to you know our main 
female character who was also a Bond woman. Um, he says something to her, and then Neil Connery's like, no, I don't think so. And he was like, oh, sorry, I thought I was whispering. And that's when I was lost. I was like, no one would ever do that. Like, no one would be, like, in a crowd of people and, like, whisper something. You Like, you just feel, like, humiliated. Like, oh, he heard me. I'm a jerk. Like, he's like, he just says, oh, sorry, I was whispering so that we could get uh, Connery saying, oh, it's an, I didn't actually hear you. I'm just an expert in lip reading. <laughs> This is where we start to see parallels with our man Flint, where okay, the 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 superhero gets to be exposed as a superhero with super talents and everything like that. And we we must begin to think that he's amazing and awesome, even though yes. somehow he just came from Edinburgh, but he has an accent that he comes that comes from Missouri or something like that. <laughs> yes, yes, poor Neil, because. Um, like most of these uh, spaghetti films that were made in Italy, they didn't do any live audio capture. And poor Neil uh, had something wrong with like his voice, like he was getting an operation. So they had someone else dub his lines. Um, Not just anyone. <laughs> yes. Somebody American. from another continent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then... Um, I was really excited because I remember uh, back in the day working with Paul and uh, being addicted to Woot.com and getting deals. <laughs> and uh, and I think Paul like pulled the trigger and I did not on a portable projector. And here we have one in this film from the 60s. Mm. I mean, it's not entirely portable. Like it's as big as a shoebox, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was more interested in the box that she took from the guard who was killed um and that then she could just slide that into the projector and automatically see like the pictures. <laughs> it sounds like a no-brainer to us right now, but I was like, wait, what's going on in the 60s here? That was my favorite gadget, I think. I mean, aside from, like, a shooting knife, who'd have ever thought of that? <laughs> a shooting knife. I uh, I did like the remote control car. Um, mm -hmm. Like, the the full-size remote control car I thought was uh, I thought was fun. Except that it just, you know, it doesn't make a reappearance later, obviously, because it's simply used as a bomb. The most oh. efficient way to down a plane that is already on the ground, didn't you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's the uh, so the bad guy organization, not to be confused with Thanos, is Thanatos. <laughs> um, and uh, I like that their whole I like Paul. I'm confused because we we understand that they need the atomic nucleus. <laughs> <laughs> um, to power the magnetotron or something they call it, I I don't know. But the idea is that it's such a powerful magnetic wave that it will stop all machinery on Earth. Yeah, there you have it. Like, I don't know what the plan after that is. Like, <laughs> are they holding machinery hostage for like some money? Um, is this film brought to us by the Council for Plastics? I don't like. 
I'm like, what do you guys want? Like, you just want to freeze machinery. You're like, like we're all investors in horse and buggy. So I, it was so confusing. And uh, yeah, I love that the Magnetotron. And the other thing is it's like a disposable device. It's not like we're going to destroy the world with some sort of beam. Oh, like we could just turn it off and everything works again. <laughs> it's like, what? What's happening? Which didn't really make sense because at some point our villain beta guy, he's like, it'll like, it'll freeze like all modern machinery. It'll make the gears of our car like meld together or something like that. And I was like, oh, I don't think that magnets can do that, but okay. (laughs) To paraphrase Insane Clown Posse, magnets, how do they work? (laughs) Oh, that's. We need to replace the theme song with that. <laughs> Clearly. So we have this meeting with uh, the Thanatos guys with Alpha and Beta. And, you know, one of the guys doesn't do his job right. So, like, they give him a gun and he's supposed to supposedly off himself. But he puts pulls the gun on Alpha and, and it, nothing happens. And everyone just sort of, like, giggles. And then he keels over because he drank some water that they had poisoned. And uh, they're like, yeah, sorry, but, you know, fools are risky in this business. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, as opposed to other businesses where it's cool. Like, I mean, even like a troop of clowns needs to have a business manager. <laughs> um. And then we learn that it, he's Neil Connery, uh, for copyright sake. We can't say like he's you know, uh, Bond. So um, they they just say, oh yeah, this like Connery fellow. He's like poking around, and the other guy's like, oh yeah, like he's like the brother of uh, that Double O. And the other guy's like, yeah, it's a, a most disagreeable family. I, I really enjoyed that line in what otherwise is like a terrible script. <laughs> yeah, they're so they're they're sort of trying to make it as if it's in universe with James Bond. Yeah, without violating international intellectual property law. Right, right, and also <laughs> there's no cut scene at the end that actually does have Thanos in it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm assuming this is supposed to connect the Marvel Universe to... No, never mind. That's a good question. Hmm. I feel like there is, like, a James Bond comic series, and then I wonder if, like, Marvel has the rights to that. (laughs) We could see a big crossover in the future. The biggest Um, crossover event ever. (laughs) It's like Tom Holland, and he's like, hey, I know, I know. Shaken, not stirred. Here you go, Mr. Bond. (laughs) Oh, we're using our pretend names? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and uh, I like the, uh, the girl who's been assigned to pursue Connery. Like, she keeps dropping things and losing things to try to get his attention. (laughs) Yeah. And the first scene, like, she has, like, this dress with, like, a giant bow over her cleavage. 
and she loses the bow and then when she gets it back all she does is just like primp and pull at it and i was just like whoa like i'm surprised this got by the censors like <laughs> like meanwhile money penny's like come on let's go you're just like your brother or something like that and 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 she's just like pulling and primping at it trying to get their attention and i'm just like wow like like that's too much I get down a notch. <laughs> and then in the the very next meeting, he uses his Tibetan hypnosis on her to just, like, <laughs> discover the entire plot. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, I was confused about the other spy that they have to come help him, who just, like, shows up from his wedding where he left his Consuela at the <laughs> altar. <laughs> Like, it's supposed to be this, like, running gag every time he shows up. Like, oh, yeah, she's not going to be happy, but I'm here to help you guys. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, yeah, okay, I love the message you're sending here in the 60s. Yeah, leave it to a woman, am I right? Like, I'm trying to save the world, but she just wants me to get married. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so, no, there's, like, three meetings of that woman because then she drops like a necklace at the airport and then the third meeting it's like a lighter where he does his tibetan hypnosis mm-hmm. that's right that's right and and money penny's main job in this film is to find people dead and go oh that poor guy oh that poor girl <laughs> <laughs> i kept noticing it i'm like really like it's not like, oh, I used to work with him all the time. But you get that feeling from her because she can act a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, right. This poor guy. And I'm like, mm, maybe either take it down a notch, like who did this, or go all the way. <laughs> get in touch with your emotions. Come on. Yeah. Neil just lets the goatee do all the acting. Oh, yeah. Like when they threaten to shave it. He's like, oh, thank you very much. This is my beard. <laughs> This is very important to me. <laughs> I mean, if you consider that he doesn't have the voice anymore, what other assets does he have? He has to kind of rely on the goatee. <laughs> right. Right. It's the See, goatee and the brother. smoky eyes. Oh. It's funny, too, that the Wikipedia page says uh, he be he came into prominence as because, like, Sean Connery was, like, the big deal because of all the success of Bond films. But the only reason Neil got into the news was because he was, um, what was it? He was like some kind of uh, trade. He was a builder, like, right? Yeah, some kind of a builder. And he lost his tools. So he got fired from his job. And that was like all on the news. Like Sean Connery's brother got fired from his job. <laughs> <laughs> and then he lost his voice. <laughs> It was a slow year in the entertainment industry. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there was lots of alcoholism that they weren't allowed to report on yet. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. And drug use. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because when they get to the airport, for some reason we need to have diegetic music and, like, people playing guitars and hippies dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, they weren't Hare Krishnas, so yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure that when they did the audio mixing on this, if you can call it mixing, 
Um, <laughs> the, whatever the they had the soundtrack, so they they had, they must have had a track for music, and I'm pretty sure that fader was just broken because anytime there was music, it was just a hundred percent volume music. There was no, I I could I didn't hear any like subtle mute mood music in any scene it was either there is no music and people are talking now be quiet while the adults are talking and then it was complete blaring spy music one or the other if you think about it though that is very italian that's true that's true (laughs) (laughs) there are certain parts of this movie that like they seem like they tried their best to follow the best of the British tradition of 007 and everything. But then every once in a while you see little flashes of that. And you're like, okay, yeah, this is a movie that was made in, in Italy. If you've ever seen other Italian movies of the same genre, then yeah, it definitely shows through. It's interesting. Yeah. Like the fader being broken. Cause there's that one scene in the market somewhere I have in my notes where it's just like, they're like, he's in the market cause he's going to try to find the, blind uh rock factory because you know you make rock uh maybe they said rug i don't know that makes more sense now but i didn't understand it because (laughs) like in the market where he was like walking around and they were after him like i was like well kudos to the film that they didn't just grab like some stock audio for like loud people at a market but it actually sounds like people in a different language but that's all i can hear right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right right <laughs> and that makes sense that makes sense too i mean that might be part of again we i don't think any of us are sure whether this is supposed to be a parody or not but if it is supposed to be i could see how you know it coming from kind of a different style of film a, a different uh a different tradition of film might lose that in the in the change over to english or maybe you know it's a parody in the sense that you know it is it's made in the italian tradition but to to poke fun at the the way that the uh the british double o movies are made and it just kind of loses something culturally because of that switch changeover this is me trying to give the the movie a the benefit of the doubt in some area. <laughs> we need a, like a little audio cue for that. Like this is the time when Paul tries to give the movie a benefit of the doubt. I mean, don't you see it's not bad. It's artsy. <laughs> right. It's not bad. It's foreign. <laughs> oh, spoken like a true American. That's right. <laughs> Okay. This movie was made made in some shithole country. Um, so uh I, I that last meeting with the girl who's supposed to like seduce him where he uses this hypnosis and just gets the entire plot of the film. Um I I did write down that was another actual script victory, although maybe that was a terrible juvenile young man of me inside of me writing that down but he's like what have you lost this time do you ever walk upright <laughs> it's just like ouch i was like sick burn yeah it's true the things that she's losing don't really make sense for her to lose like the 
the bow and the necklace like how how do you how do those just kind of like spontaneously come off in a garden make it that's weird yeah which i assume is why he pretty much immediately suspects that you know she's there for a reason right and decides to hypnotize her and figure out what her deal is now see i like this as a better plot for the film that our our bad guy beta really just loves this woman and he's made this magnetotron to help her keep things on (laughs) (laughs) it's a gesture of love uh so um so back to the music for a second um I think we're almost done with the spy genre here, especially from this period of time. Um, Paul, you've been through most of the movies, and I don't remember if Armand Flint actually tried to spoof like the James Bond theme music. Oh, but... yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that sticking out to me. But this one... They only played it once, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I still think I like the um, the For Your Height Only, because that has a little more of a Latin fun to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the, but, its downfall is that it's played on repeat for the entire movie. <laughs> Maybe that's why I liked it better than this one. <laughs> um, well, I did a little bit of research as well, and it's... Ennio Morricone that did the music for this movie, which I mean, he's done the music for a ton of other movies, very famous. So nice. I'm very surprised that they had the budget for that. And if they had the budget for that, of course, they're going to use the heck out of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> nice. It was, I did like the music. I just didn't like that it was, you know, consistently overpowering the rest of the soundtrack when it was in. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, you spent a lot of money on it. So I guess you got to crank that shit. Not well, yeah, but and then not that like the rest of the audio in the film was not worth hearing anyway. Like at some point, like Mia, our Bond girl, like shoots somebody that's attacking Neil Connery, and like I was like, what was that sound just now? Like it wasn't like a gun <laughs> bang; it was like a. Whoosh. I was like, what? What kind of gun is that? Like. <laughs> I I was confused. Yeah, <laughs> some kind and, of a whip um, gun. <laughs> the oh, their the entirety of their sound budget, including dubbing, just went to that one track. Right. <laughs> who, who was the guy who did the music? Ennio Morricone. I Ennio think that's how you pronounce Morricone. it. Nice. Um, and then we get the the torture scene. I that was one of my favorite parts of the film, where I was like, "Oh no, pink and purple lights are are torture!" Like I was like, "Exactly, what are you doing to her besides flashing lights at the Japanese woman?" <laughs> yeah, are we trying to keep our rating down, or is she just really hate those lights? Like, um, and then the woman who is the knife shooting woman. Uh, she's doing the torture, and I love it because she's like, you know, she'll reward you if you talk. You will live with me. You will be a princess. Yeah, yeah. Was like, that was what? very strange. <laughs> that was lost in translation, I think. 
it was like we've only been together for a few days i do not have uh you know right right i don't have an attachment to you yet like this isn't <laughs> stockholm yet like <laughs> so you're torturing me but you're saying we can live together if i just tell you something i don't think i want to live with you that's the thing um and, and see i don't think that that woman the torturer woman with the shooting knife i I really think we we didn't need to shoot her. I really wish like they would have appealed to her senses and just being like, "Hey, we get it. Like the knife shooting gadget, that's your thing. It's awesome, but you know if your boss goes through this plan that like the magnetotron will stop that from working." That's true. You have no thing anymore. That's true. <laughs> they needed to set her up to double cross him. Yeah, right. We're writing a better movie. That's right. You know, just a little bit of finesse and negotiation. That's all it takes. Yeah. She's so, just going to demand yeah. a ceramic blade for the knife. Oh. I see. Yeah, we need to talk about the the guns later on, too. Like, <laughs> the whole movie turns into the Hunger Games. <laughs> and then, like, the bad guys have, like, arrow shooting guns. And I'm like... What is the process that makes those shoot out? Because wouldn't that be mechanical and frozen by magnets? I'm so confused. So, yeah. I had a big problem with that. That was it. That was when I was out. <laughs> Just that part of the film. <laughs> the, how the guns actually continue to function. Yeah. By yeah, the way, the, 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 the link with the Hunger Games is, is pertinent because also in terms of costumes... <laughs> With the full really? with the full leather bodysuit with the little shoulder things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was very Hunger yeah. Games esque for me. I have a note about that later. Uh the the one last note I had on the woman that was trying to seduce him that he just like got her to tell him everything with hypnosis was like when she came to shoot him, like she had like the most perfect helmet hair I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Like, had I been watching that on my phone, I would have been convinced she was wearing a helmet and didn't have hair. Like, <laughs> I would be like, what's going on? Yeah, she had some weird outfits, just like in um, mm-hmm. in Our Man Flint. There was some real crazy outfits, but yeah. that one really took the cake. Um, and with, like, Paul, I think, pointed this out not too long ago, but it seems like all of our budget spy films... We, well, they just can't afford red dye and corn syrup. Like, no one... <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no blood. Yeah. It's like a G.I. Joe cartoon here. Everyone's getting shot, but no one's dying. It's cool. That's how they <laughs> keep the the G rating. Right. As if this movie was rated. It was <laughs> out for like an hour. Um, this movie is rated I for international. <laughs> Oh, back to the back to the foreign jokes. Terrible. Yep. <laughs> um, my next note uh, is about the atomic nucleus <laughs> because the way you capture that is with the military's only known weakness: showgirls. <laughs> That's well documented. That's well documented. <laughs> I I love that the showgirls just walk out into the road and the guys just get out of the Jeep and they're like, hey, ladies, and grab their hips and yeah. 
Yeah. It's, there, there's no, like, subterfuge. And then the girls start shooting them. And the, the, the next part, which is really great, is they take off their showgirls outfit just in case someone radio back, like, holy crap, we're being attacked by showgirls. And now they're wearing, like, uh, you know, like, decorative, like, teddies. And they're, like, pussycat dolls or something. And they disguise <laughs> the truck carrying. <laughs> it's just, like, I just imagine, like, the authorities going, like, we're looking for showgirls. Oh, look at this truck full of, like, pussycat dolls. No, it can't be them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my favorite song. Because, like, there was, like, some weird song. And then, like, every now and then you'd hear, like, Meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should have queued that one up. I was just like, this is a cool song, but you know, none of this great music that we're talking about is available on soundtrack because the soundtrack was never released. <laughs> Only the first song that the movie begins with for eight minutes was released. Yeah. That went yeah. a little long. But, you know. <laughs> That whole segment went long. They can't step on the music, though. Just the way that it is. <laughs> that was that was in the contract of uh, our... Uh... Why can't I think of his name? <laughs> because Jacob just told it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in his contract. Nothing can play over my music. <laughs> Nothing plays over the music. <laughs> That'd be a great contract because then you could just like have your phone like cue up the music. <laughs> oh, you're saying something I don't want to hear? Here. <laughs> so I went back through because, like I said, sleepy time. And I went back through and like rewatched little bits and pieces of this. And as I was rewatching the little bits and pieces, I was like, I feel like I really should have liked this movie. Hmm. And it was just, I don't know, it was something about. It did, it just didn't come together like it just didn't gel for me um to to make it a so bad it's good it was it and it wasn't like it was that bad either um yeah but it just didn't it just didn't come together for I mean it miles and miles better than for your height only uh, that just gotta put that out there not as good as uh our man Flint. Um, I don't know where else to put it in our, our spy, our spy set here, but, um, so, so you're saying like you would suggest this movie to someone over for your height only? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I just think for shock value and silliness, I would suggest the other one. I was really struck when you said like, it's well put together this film because I feel similar to you. Like there's just like something missing or it's not edited well together or just, I think I saw a review of this film, like where someone said like it completely lacks like the flair and character of a bond film. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's totally it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's no, that's my, that's my feeling on it. And I, and I don't think that that, I don't think that that's necessarily in, the editing, it's probably in the acting. Like the 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 guy that they had replace uh, Neil Connery's voice, they probably they probably would have been better off not doing that because I feel like every line he delivers is flat or weird. It doesn't fit right. 
He does not feel like he has any chemistry with anybody else. Um, and so the whole, that piece of it feels really jilted to me. So I think it's more of a, more of an acting problem and a plot problem than like an editing mm. or, or, or a technical problem. And that's true because that really made a disconnect for me from the fact that he is, I guess, I mean, theoretically supposed to be the main character in this movie. Like, if you have a main character in, the, in, in a movie, it has to be the leading person. It has to be a well-put-together person with a good role and with words that make sense coming out of their mouth. But, like, every single time I was, I was hearing him, I was kind of like, okay, well, let's go to this other person because the other people that are talking seem to have it more well-together than he does in terms of how he's presenting his role. Yeah, you're, you're right. Like, he doesn't carry the film. He's very flat and, like, he's not an actor he's like a tradesman of some kind so and it's even (laughs) even though we're not using his voice like the voice acting can't help him he's just Mm -hmm. very flat you know when you see when it's when it's election time and you see all of those commercials with like the regular joe from uh yeah from wherever in middle america and he's delivering his lines that he has this movie was with his character specifically was kind of a stitch together of a lot of those that's the best kind of analogy that I can kind of come up with. Oh, I like it. I like it. Or or it's like, you know, uh, yeah, some of those commercials are so poorly put together. You're like, that person, like, makes more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime, and they're supposed to be Everyman Joe. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's just obvious. Like, this person with the, you know, the nails done. uh <laughs> Yeah, Hi. he works in a factory. I'm Neil Connery, but not his voice. And do you have a bad habit you need to quit? Have you tried Tibetan hypnosis? <laughs> if you did, you wouldn't know. Boom. <laughs> well, you have now, and you just woke up. No. Yeah, there's there's some alarming things about his... Yeah, so he's a plastic surgeon who... Well, yeah, he does Tibetan hypnosis as well. <laughs> right. People to, and he can do it to people in about 30 seconds as long as they're, like, susceptible to it, I guess. That's yeah. what makes it Tibetan hypnosis. That's what makes it special. <laughs> right. It's actually a be, martial art. <laughs> not to be confused with uh, uh, yogic something or other, like suggestion or something. Because like, then he says, like, the guy who dies in the plane in the beginning was a... Uh, uh, a friend of his they studied together and he's a master of yogic something and he's mm-hmm. like so he probably implanted like memories or words or a code into this Japanese woman <laughs> yeah yep and I was like oh Tibetan hypnosis and then yoga oh sure yeah I'm in this universe totally man <laughs> that's why they like I'm totally downward dog with this bro um <laughs> Um, I, I think that whoever wrote this film, um, is a Star Trek fan because there's throughout the film, Connery is trying to get out of this whole secret agent thing. Cause as everyone knows, like from watching Bond films, the last thing you want to do is drink anytime you want and get all the ladies you want. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this any for, more for you. Like, you know, hate the world. I don't want to save it. No, he doesn't say that. That's creative. Um, (laughs) 
But at one point, he's like, I'm a surgeon, not a spy. And I just said, damn it, Jim, like in my mind right after Yeah. <laughs> damn it, Jim, I'm a surgeon, not a spy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. And then there's, it's like, again, like comedy, not comedy, parody, not parody. Like he's trying to tell Mia that through his magic of lip reading, uh, he's learned that uh, Beta is going to blow up the boat that her and all the ladies work on the yacht. So he's telling her this and she's like, Oh, you're crazy. You read too many Fleming novels. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we have to make the tie somewhere. We can't yeah. say bond. We can't say <laughs> right. Her majesty's secret service. Uh, Hey, we can say Fleming. Yeah. So it's a it's a universe in which they're trying to both set up the tie that he is in universe with James Bond, but also that there are Ian Flemings in the James Bond universe. Whoa. That's trippy. Self-referential. It's like red shirts. Yeah. Well, this is the exact kind of thing that frustrated me about uh, our man Flint as well, is that when you kind of break the fourth wall, so to speak, and you, you make a reference to yourself or the thing that you're doing. Yeah. It's a telltale yeah. sign of a parody. However, <laughs> the rest of the film leads you to believe that it's not a parody. So, like, who am I to believe? It can't be 1% parody and 99% reality because otherwise the rest of the reality becomes a parody. Yeah. Yeah, no, th- there's a it point It was just confusing which... for my small brain. <laughs> Whoa. It needed to go... It needed to figure out how to go, you know full Dr. Goldfoot in the bikini machine. And it just never, (laughs) it never made the leap. Um, Wow. It also, I think, I think adding the anti-American Eagle to the, would have, would have helped as well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I also found it curious that he never, ever, Although he makes an excuse in the beginning, he never ever uses his mind powers on Mia, which, you know, I think in the course of the film just says it's true love. So, <laughs> but yeah, he, he never uses his she, powers. She does make the comment that he shouldn't look at her like that, like once or twice, mm. but it's kind of meant to be like a flirty thing, I think. But anyway, mm. it's not yeah. appropriate for you to look at me like that. It's interesting, like, to, like, go to dinner with him, you know. You might, like, make a joke with one of your friends, like, what are you doing under the table there? But, you know, you're really concerned with him if he's steepling his hands under the table. Like, <laughs> right. you're going to pay the bill, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little... And and I think he uses his powers kind of evil at the end when, like, you know, M, who's not M in this film says, you know, we, we were hoping to keep you on for a little bit. We liked your services, and your brother's very impressed with you. And he steeples his hands together and says, you were about to leave and go back to London. And he's like, oh, I was about to leave. Pity. And I was just like, oh, no problem. Like, <laughs> if you are part of the James Bond canon, now you actually control Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> right. You can just go up to him and be like, hey, send my brother here because I don't want him at the family reunion. and and i swear they said it was a rock factory not a rug factory but rug makes so much sense now that i look at my notes (laughs) because they're making radioactive rugs for some reason i mean i don't know how to build a magnetotron so maybe you need 
uh, an atomic nuclei made into radioactive rugs. I don't know. Yeah. If you can have atomic nuclei, you can have strands of uranium that you weave into rugs. So we're not making flying carpets. We're, yeah. Just glow in the dark ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I like when he fights uh, that scene that I played earlier. He's supposed to be using his plastic surgery skills. Although, now that I think about that scene... I don't think there's like a medical instrument in that scene. <laughs> He's about to perform plastic surgery and I don't think there's so much as a scalpel in that room. <laughs> well, it's like a it's like a Doctor Strange thing. He's just going to trick their mind into f- healing itself, right? Ah. Yeah. It's far less invasive to make them believe that they're beautiful now and they weren't before. Yeah, there's a Jack Black movie about that, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah so so why didn't dr strange just like make a portal and take them back to earth or make a portal to put thanos's hand through and take the glove off anyway um (laughs) uh that's a different film no i was just gonna say that he's in this they put a surgeon apron on him and he's about to do surgery and then he convinces this guy through no words, just saying relax to go attack his boss. Um, but then he starts fighting people in his surgical apron, which is going quite down to his knees. But, ah, you know, I just answered my own question because, you know, he's Scottish, so he knows how to fight in a kilt. <laughs> Theoretically, he's Scottish. I've seen no proof. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he was wearing a kilt when he was doing the uh, arrow demonstration or ah, contest. That's yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then... I won't fight you, but I'll build you some cabinets. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm a simple tradesman. Penis mightier. <laughs> penis mightier. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a simple tradesman now where are my tools <laughs> oh too close to home uh he's uh under your kilt um <laughs> <laughs> i left them in the casino and then mr trump fired me oh i my favorite scene although the bad guy beta is like right on the money he's got this villain thing down yeah um, he's great, but my favorite scene with him is like when they're firing up the Magnetotron, like he just has the simple line, pull the levers. I was like, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Nailed it. That, this is, this that is was the like, blankets moment. <laughs> yeah, that was the blankets moment for me. I was like, pull the levers. I was like, yeah, pull the levers. Yep. Hashtag pull the levers. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna add that to my social media, but I couldn't because the magnetotron stopped my mechanical keyboard from working. <laughs> but when they, when they fly to stop him in the helicopter, they cut from like Neil to Mia talking, and they're looking at a Geiger counter to find where the radioactive rugs are um, from a helicopter, and all these cuts back and forth from the copter to them talking to the Geiger counter. Like there's no cut of someone flying the helicopter. 
and it bothered me. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a two-person chopper, chopper, and I was like, so is Mia flying or is he flying? Do we add this to his list of superpowers or to hers? Right. Correct. I needed to know for the card-based role-playing game I'm building on this game. <laughs> and again, this is this is the point in the film where the the um, clothing budget goes up exponentially with the Italian leather that was very clearly used. Yes, yes, and and I love that like he gets captured and then she goes and runs to use the phone. And she's like, you know, I need to speak to, you know, this, whatever. She wants to talk to M. He's like Colonel something. <laughs> and the person on the line is like, who's this? And she's like, never mind who I am. And I was like, I've never tried that. I've never tried to <laughs> call the White House and be like, I need to talk to Trump. Who is this? Never mind who I am. Just get him on the line. <laughs> <laughs> never mind who I am. I'm definitely not Google. <laughs> Never mind who I am. This movie's been going on for an hour and 20 minutes. We just need to wrap it up. (laughs) Why me? I'm a lazy writer. Now get that person on the phone. And then we get the scene where he's he's been captured. We have all the fine Italian leather. And he says to, to Neil Connery, let me show you how we control the device. That's right. What you're looking at is anti-magnetic controls specifically built and i was like hey is that metal looks like metal to me (laughs) and and then later like our 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 spy friend who really consuela is really mad at uh he's like he's like where are you going and he's like i'm going to the control tower to destroy the machine and he's like here take this and he hands it to neil and he's like what's this and he's like oh it's an anti-magnetic explosive <laughs> i was like wow this is like an end of a star trek episode like we're just throwing it out there you know <laughs> i just happened to have this on my person the whole episode like wow yeah. don't worry i reverse the polarity it's gonna be fine <laughs> I- and then even even Neil doesn't understand what's happening in the film at that point. Like <laughs> we've learned the plot just moments ago and you've handed me an anti-magnetic explosive. And so he's like, Will the dial work so I can set it? And he said, Yeah. <laughs> I was like right. I I was questioning it, but you know, I'm a jerk and I also do a podcast where I'm a jerk about movies. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm going to let it go. I'm going to say, whatever, let's just go with the movie. But then Neil points it out. He's like, oh, is the dial going to work, though? Like, this looks mechanical to me. And he's like, nope, it's anti-magnetic. And I was like, damn it, film. Why did you question yourself? I, I have a problem He invented with the film found genre before it was cool. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Neil. Our patron saint. Oh, right. He just got himself on the logo. Um, (laughs) and then i think oh my pretty much my last note for the film is back to our friend who's like i still don't know his name like consuela's soon to be husband or ex-husband i don't know at this point um (laughs) he they like blow up the machine which that anti-magnetic explosive 
Like, that is way more power. Well, maybe it's all the radioactive rugs, but the whole castle blew up. I did not expect that. I just thought something else was going to explode. Just one tower, he said. But uh, the whole tower explodes, and then our friend uh, pulls out his gun because it hasn't been working because the damn thing's mechanical, and he just pulls it out and shoots, like, stage right a couple times. And he's like, yeah, it's working again. And I was like, all right. There's danger shooting in the air because the bullets will eventually come down and hurt someone. But was there anyone standing where you were just shooting, my friend? Like, everyone's running around, like, a, from the explosion, and you're just like, oh, I'll just pull it out of my pocket and shoot a couple times. <laughs> I, I was really concerned with that. Safety, everyone. Be safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fire into I the mean, ground. Well, yeah, that works so much better than the air. Thank you. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That's because I'm American. So are you, though. You're smarter than me. (laughs) And so is Neil Connery. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Even if I was smarter than him, I would have to say I'm not because he convinced me with Tibetan hypnosis. (laughs) (laughs) Did uh, Did you guys have any other notes? I pretty much went through my whole list. That was about it for me. I mean, like I said, this it it's so difficult to tell if it's a parody or not because of the brief moments of introspection uh, where it seems like obviously, of course, if you're introspecting a movie that's so ridiculous that it must be a parody, right? Uh, and then uh, it turns out to take itself very seriously in other parts. So it's very difficult for me to tell. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it for the experience. I will say that. I enjoyed it for the experience. I enjoyed it for the dancers in the middle of nowhere and the army people. That was probably my favorite part just because it was so absurd. Yeah, that was that was one of my favorite parts as well. Um, and I, I also did like the um, the guns popping out of the ceiling. I enjoyed that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a great scene too because uh, basically – Tibetan hypnosis has convinced uh, the villain Beta's uh, right-hand man who is about to be, like, plastic surgeon into Alpha. Uh, <laughs> great plot. Uh, he's <laughs> trying to kill him, so he runs into a room, I think, on yeah. a yacht. And then the gun, he hits a switch and the guns come out of the ceiling, which is great, and kill him. And then his next move is to open up a cabinet, which is a boat inside of it. Right. And I'm not sure. I'm assuming this room is near the top of the yacht because I feel like I saw like daylight coming from somewhere, but now all of a sudden (laughs) he's leaving on a raft and I was like, yeah, we'll just cut that together. It'll be fine. Yeah. (laughs) There's another. I I was just going to say, I think, again, that was the critical part of me, like, at that point, where it was like, oh, okay, this movie is, uh, right. I'm watching yeah. it for a podcast. Like, I think I, if I was, if there was, like, a, you know, something in this movie to make me, like, want to like it, like, I would have let that go. <laughs> or not noticed. <laughs> what is were it, you there's say, another Jacob? note that I have here that says, plastic surgeon, question mark. And I'm pretty sure that's just because of the fact that I don't know if I've ever seen a movie that has a plastic surgeon um, as the hero. So that was that was an interesting development. 
the fact that the auction house is called Sotheby <laughs> instead of Sotheby. Oh. That Makes kind sense. of leads into the parody factor a little bit. But... Hmm. Little things like that. Yeah. That was, that, that was like, Paul, you, you pointed it out. That was cool. Like the whole chemistry between basically of two Bond villains. You have Largo and you have um, Blofeld. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so they're Alpha and Beta and like, uh, Beta's like at this auction house and he's like, I'm going to win this statue. And then at the last minute he gets uh, outbid by Alpha. And so then like they're standing next to the statue when they're discussing things. And like he's like, you know, you're going to have to get the atomic nuclei now because that other guy failed and killed himself because we don't like fools in the organization. He's like, yeah, I'll get it. I never lose. And then like Alpha kind of looks at the statue between them. He's like, are you sure about that? Right. And I was like, damn. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah, yeah, they've got a little bit of like Vader and uh, General Tarkin going on. Like, <laughs> they work together. They're you know they're they're uh, they're colleagues, but they don't like each other, <laughs> and they don't <laughs> they don't like each other, and they don't like each other's methods, and that's just how it is. That's pretty clear. Although, when I get to be the age of Alpha, I would very much like to have his accent. If that's what you can call it. <laughs> and I don't think I can even do it justice, but. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so either. Me, not you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Paul has kind of shared his opinion in Jacob. I'm, I'm kind of with you both. Like, it's just not so bad. It, it's good. It's just. Yeah, it's just like where we find we've been finding like this middle ground where like some of these films aren't terrible, but they're not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I would love to say, oh, I'm so I apologize for watching this on a bad movie podcast because this was a great film, but it's not that either. <laughs> <laughs> this one specifically I find very interesting because we've talked a bit about the Italian aspect, but like an Italian spaghetti spy film which tries very hard to be in a state where it's acceptable to everybody else in a serious fashion but I don't know maybe that's maybe that's why it doesn't work for me hmm yeah I mean it I think it's interesting too that I found out that the United Artists distributed this which they also distribute the bond films so <laughs> I'm like that's very curious and like it was dubbed in english for a release in an english market so yeah huh so that that's just very strange like my i wrote down um in my notes if there's italian cinema that you want to watch that is so bad it's good i would recommend a movie we watched before called star crash <laughs> yes with hasselhoff and what yep. christopher Plummer. yep and what i think is hilarious is that movie's from the 70s and i i'm gonna have to go look for pictures but i almost feel like those leather outfits were reused in this in star crash <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure like the Jedi guy with the curly hair was wearing a similar outfit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I recognized that outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the, for some reason like the Italian obsession with like sort of oh, I'm sorry, mom, but the penis helmets, like I feel like those were in the other movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't get it, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that that that's my take on it. Is you sh- you should watch Star Crash with a young David Hasselhoff in, instead of this movie with a young Neil Connery. I can. If, if there is one takeaway from this movie, it's you should watch this other one instead. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a portion in this film where Neil Connery actually says that. Go watch Starcraft. Stop watching this movie. <laughs> but he but doesn't say he, it with his voice. Right. Well, he doesn't say it. He just steepled his hands together, and that's what I thought he told me to do. <laughs> he beams it into your mind. <laughs> yes. Through his eyeballs. <laughs> you should watch yeah. Starcrash. <laughs> Trust me, it's wow. way better than this. You you doing Connery right now reminds me <laughs> that Jacob pointed out how horrible it is that this character is Scottish and he clearly has an American accent. Yeah. yeah. And in a little film series called The Highlander, Sean Connery plays a Spaniard <laughs> <laughs> and makes no attempt to talk like a Spaniard. None whatsoever. <laughs> I am the last one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> I've been alive so long I became Scottish. <laughs> I couldn't stand the heat of Spain anymore. So I moved to the Highlands. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the main takeaway from this film is that magnets are bad, so stop wearing those magnetic bracelets, everyone. They're not helping you. <laughs> Although it's I do wonder, I do wonder if, uh, if the, uh, what's it called? The, the magnetoizer? Yeah, I don't know what the, it's the called. Mag- the magnetotron? The magneto? He probably would just uh, ch- automatically charge all of our chi phones, which would be great. <laughs> you could just you could just walk past them. Your uh, iPhone eight, totally topped up, done. That's interesting. <laughs> Don't pull it out of your pocket; it'll go flying away. But as long as you keep it <laughs> on you as you're walking through the field, uh, it will probably charge right up. There you yeah, go. Your, ni- yeah. your 1967 movie villain becomes your 2018 Steve Jobs. That's, that's right. <laughs> he did have a white turtleneck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I like the one guy who, in this uh, world you propose, I like the one guy who's like, yeah, yeah, you made fun of me for buying the cheaper iPhone, but guess what? It's all plastic. I can take it out of my pocket. Suck it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got the blue one, but I can take it out of my pocket. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, yeah, that that's it uh, for me. Unless anybody else has anything to add, uh, ending on that high note, 
charging your phone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's, I've uh, ranted this... plenty. <laughs> <laughs> How so I'm curious, you said you you and Tina had a chuckle at uh the plane crash. How long did she last? <laughs> she lasted about 20 minutes. And then she was asleep. Uh I, pretty sound asleep. <laughs> I like this as like a a separate post like the Tina scale of bad films. <laughs> that actually I should go back through cuz I could probably I could probably go back through all the ones we've watched together and and give a rough estimate on if she made it A did she make it through or not, which I got to admit is a low percentage. <laughs> just to begin with low very low percentage but also there's probably you know i could probably give a rough percent indicator on how far she made it through the ones that she did fall asleep on which might which might correlate with either if it was so bad it was good she probably has a better chance of staying awake for it because the absurdity might keep her up through it like it did she did keep she did stay awake for a good amount of for your height only be, because the absurdity, like you never knew what you were going to cut to because the cuts made no sense. So <laughs> there was a part, there was a part of it that, you know, could kind of keep you going there. And, and was she like um, our guest, Jen, was she fascinated with Dolph Lundgren's nipples or. Uh, she remembered, I think that when she fell asleep, but uh, it was because she had seen it as a, as a kid as well, a number of times. So it was like not new content for her either. Uh, I see. Yeah. The second, third, fourth, fifth time you've seen Dolph Lundgren's nipples, you know, the magic kind of goes away. <laughs> right. I'll quote you on that. Right. You build a tolerance. You build a tolerance for sure. <laughs> I I like that for the back of the film prone t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Cook says fourth or fifth time you've seen Dolphin up. <laughs> it gets long. It's a little long for a t-shirt quote, but it's worth it, I think. <laughs> That's why it's on the back. That's George. why it's on it's the like, back, right? What? Now I have to see the front of this shirt. What the hell is going on? Yeah. Okay, well, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank Jacob for not only his time this evening, but his hour and 41 minutes of watching this film. (laughs) (laughs) We managed to keep the podcast shorter, buddy. We did it. (laughs) Stop talking or we'll keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you you for having me. And you know what? This if this movie reinforces anything, it's that somebody has to do this. Yes. Yes. Right. Thanks for (laughs) making me feel like I have value in society. (laughs) And I'm not just wasting my time like my mom and my wife and everyone said. Okay. Um, Just kidding. I'm projecting. It's all inside me. That's all. Uh, (laughs) I lack the confidence of a Neil Connery. Um, <laughs> I just need to steeple my hands together. Oh, sorry, guys, I'm lost now. Uh, I Tibetan hypnotize myself. Uh, <laughs> never steeple your hands together. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> and stare at them. Here's the steeple. Here's the people. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I stared at um, a mirror while I did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I know how to build cabinets. <laughs> I stared in a mirror while I did it. And so I convinced myself <laughs> after only saying Bloody Mary twice not to say it the third time. Whew. Thank goodness for Tibetan hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right, we were wrapping up. Okay, so I think we're back in June. Uh, and we're watching... Is that the Neil Breen film we're watching? I believe that's the Neil Breen film, and I have to get it. I have to get it transcoded. Yes. Yes, that's true. That reminds me, the final show is two weeks after that because we're making it up because Jen was not feeling well and Paul was out on a birthday or anniversary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, that was Wanted, which also had a Loom of Destiny in it because I watched it and I was thinking <laughs> Loom of Destiny when they were making Radioactive Rugs, but yes. I realized it was the wrong film, one that was far more entertaining. Uh, <laughs> so there you have it those are our next two episodes uh i hope you tune in and if you don't well i hope you have a great life and remember wherever you are there you are because that's what buckaroo bonsai said or someone in buckaroo bonsai said suck it trebek <laughs> <laughs>